All right, welcome back. Welcome back to the Make Dope Shit podcast. I'm doing doing more intros here. Anyway, today's episode is with Logan Solana. Logan is a director from Columbus, Ohio, and somebody I met through working on Top Vegan. I guess I don't know if I guess I didn't meet him through there. I, I I worked with him. He hired me. Maybe is a better way to put it. <laughs> anyway, in this conversation, we get into how he went from acting to criminology to directing and being behind the camera. We talk about his storytelling and creative process, how he will brainstorm how he comes up with ideas and, and builds a world and starts to shape that into a script. And we talk about some post-production challenges and insights and things that he'll do to try and improve his process and see what he can learn along the way. As per usual, be sure to hit up the link in the description to follow Logan and his work, as well as find links to anything that we discussed in the episode. Yeah, I think that uh, I think that covers it. Without further ado, my conversation with Logan Solana. Uh, yeah, and I think I think that's all the formalities. Any uh, any questions? I guess before we get rolling. Yeah, or I guess we're rolling. But, um, sick. Okay, so yeah, Logan, thank you for uh, thank you for coming. Thank you for having uh, me. Welcome to uh, welcome to the podcast. Um, I, I guess to get start get started like give uh give myself and the uh and, and the listeners like what's your what's your background what do you do um the uh the elevator pitch if you will absolutely yeah um i am a director in columbus ohio beautiful city love it shout out uh shout out columbus they're paying me for this i'm sponsored by columbus ohio uh bleep, bleep so, that they're not paying me we got yeah. <laughs> but maybe they will so i've been I've been in film production probably for the past, oh, probably since I was 21, seven, seven, eight years now. Um, it's been great. Made a ton of stuff. A um, lot of, lot of uh, self-discovery and everything like that. But yeah, <laughs> so I'm a director. I've done anything from commercials to social media content to short films to uh, a little TV show that... That we made, which Riley was a part shout of. Out, yep, shout, shout out Top Vegan. Shout out Top Vegan. Uh, we of won't bleep that one. <laughs> uh, yeah, a little bit about me. Awesome. Um, and I, I want to start at kind of what might feel like a weird jumping off point. Hit me. But uh, how did criminology prepare you <laughs> to be a director? How did how did that influence or affect your work? You know, film is much like criminal. No, it's not. I was gonna <laughs> I was gonna make up some. Some shit. Can we cuss on this? Yeah. Okay. okay. It, it's uh, shit is in the title fuck, of the fuck, podcast. Fuck. Okay. Yeah. Cool. Yeah. Um, <laughs> no, it it uh, has absolutely nothing to do with it. I went to I went to college for criminal justice. Hated it. <laughs> um, didn't like it at all. Thought I was going to be a cop. So glad I didn't. Um, but in in high school and before high school, I was always in theater. Did that for. God, I think I did my first show when I was 10 years old, acting, never never behind the scenes then, so did everything there. Um, and then when I got out of high school, I'm like, all right, you know, I got to find a real job, mm-hmm. you know, seemed like a pretty, pretty interesting career, but it wasn't. It really, <laughs> it really wasn't for me. Um, so I, I went back to my my one love of like performing and then i'm like you know i've always loved i've always loved movies i've always had a soft spot for movies ever since i was a kid i was always i was always quoting movies and 
watching the behind the scenes of how the movies were made and I'm like, you know what, I'm gonna I'm gonna try my hand at this and see how it goes. And I did my first film when I was <laughs> I did my first film when I was fourteen and I acted in that and helped do some other stuff on it. I acted in it and I was a fourteen year old drug dealer named Frosty. It was in a movie called Sandbar. Amazing. I've never seen it. Uh, <laughs> but I'm like, yeah, I'm not going to be in front of the camera. I'm going to be behind the camera. Um, so yeah, that was, that was a pretty interesting, interesting experience. And yeah, ever since I started doing it, I never looked back and it's been, it's just been one hell of a roller coaster and really, really cool stuff that, that we've been doing. I ramble. No, that's 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 what the the format is made for rambling. Um, well, you're gonna get a lot of it. So. <laughs> Sometimes I stop listening to myself, so <laughs> I. Uh, you can you might get some interesting stuff. Um. So. I guess like what. We'll start with like some of the theater stuff. Like, what drew you to acting? Like, was it the performance or? Yeah. So. Because I and and so part of the reason I asked too. Um, is because I, as somebody who has been behind the camera in many facets, hate being in front of it. Yeah. Um, so I think that's interesting. I think I feel like at least to me, it, it seems a little bit unique. Sure. That uh, um, the kind of transition from front of the camera to, to back. Sure. Yeah, absolutely. Um, my mom got me into into theater when I was when I was like 10. So I was always, you know, a, a funny, outgoing kid. I always you know, try to make people laugh all the time. and and I think she saw that, and she knew that I wasn't really a sports kid. I never played sports or anything like that. Um, so she thought, you know, hey, theater's really cool. We always used to listen to, you know, we always used to listen to musicals. And she said, hey, maybe a musical would be good for you. So my first production was uh, Willy Wonka and the Chocolate Factory. It was <laughs> the musical version, I think. Yeah? Yeah, they were singing in that, right? Yeah. God, it's been so long. That's crazy. It's been, like, a long time. Almost 20 years. Holy hell, I'm old. <laughs> um, so, yeah, I mean, being in front of the camera, being on stage, all of that was, was really interesting. Um, and I was I was fairly good at it. But, you know, after a while, I, it just, I realized, you know, it wasn't something that I think I wanted to do for a career if I was going to stay mm -hmm. in this industry. It was definitely something I'm like, I, I have more of a love for behind the camera kind of stuff. Mm. Um, and then just slowly transitioned into that, and um, yeah, it was it was it was uh, it was fun. So was it? What was it that made you um, want to like transition over to behind the camera? Was it that that like movie that you had made when you were fourteen, or was there another moment that kind of triggered that for you? I think the if I had to pick like one defining moment, I've I've talked about this before. I think the one movie that made me like that I watched all the behind the scenes for and and say like hey this is why like I'm gonna go and and direct like I want to direct was <laughs> it was two movies the first movie that I ever loved was probably The Mummy starring mm -hmm. Brendan Fraser and I watched that movie on repeat watched the behind the scenes and I'm like yeah um this is what I want to do, but not in front of the camera, behind the camera. Mm -hmm. And then the other, the other movie, of course, Star Wars. Yeah, huge Star Wars nerd. Love Star Wars. Um, I must have watched 
I must have like destroyed so many copies of VHSs and DVDs because I would <laughs> rewind them and just go back and forth and back and forth and watch it over and over and over again. But yeah, that's when I knew like, all right, being in front of the camera, being on stage, not something I want to do, but yeah, behind the camera, creating the magic, you mm-hmm. know, creating something that, you know, maybe you're going to someday watch over and over and over again and learn every minute detail about how this was made. Hmm. That's what I want to do. I want to create that magic for someone else. Interesting. Is there, um, when you're, I'll start really broad with this question. Maybe, well, maybe this is a bad question as well. So take this question kind of however you, you want to. Um, but when you're trying to let, let's say it's a, um, like a short or a feature, like a narrative piece. Um, what are those like minute details that you as the creator are trying to impart in that to, um, give to the viewer? Does that make sense? Absolutely. Really good question. Um, you know, it's, it's, it's kind of challenging. I'm still in the indie film industry right now. And, and, you know, I love the idea of being able to make those, big blockbuster movies and like mm-hmm. those big action set pieces and, and putting stuff into that. But obviously I can't yet. So I would say whenever I'm making, you know, film narrative pieces, those are, those are my passion. That's, that's what I love to do. Whenever I'm doing that, I'm always trying to find a way to tell like a human story in it and tell like something that's going to, you know, pull out the heartstrings. God. <laughs> um, Sorry, remind me of the question. I, I got thrown off. Um, creating uh, when you're creating a narrative piece, the the details that you're trying to to impart in there. Yeah. Um, um, human element. Yeah, human, human story. Elements, yeah. I, no, you're fine. Um, God, I, I I guess I don't really know yet. Um, it's still something that I'm probably discovering myself. Um, I'm really just more so right now focused on like the craft of everything and like mm-hmm. how to how to make a, a film good uh-huh. um, and you know how to set it apart from all the other stuff that's that's being made right now in Columbus Ohio and and just trying to make it a little bit different mm-hmm. if that if that answers the question at all I, I doubt it does um, but yeah yeah I guess I don't know yet hmm. um, is there do you have any pieces that you've worked on that after they're done, you've looked back and you're like, that has an element of, of whatever it is that you're looking for. Maybe you can't like totally identify it. But. Yeah. Yeah. Um, I would say, uh, I, I'd say the thing you know, that I'm most proud of that I've made so far is, is top vegan mm-hmm. is the, the TV show we worked on. Um, but that's that's totally different. That's a reality competitive cooking to- competition show. So nothing like I've ever done before. But if I had to go narrative, I'd probably say um, I'd probably say my most passionate project has been a, a short I made called Deliverance. Um, going back and and watching that and and really just trying to to figure out you know what I can do different, what I can do better for a expanded piece. Um, yeah, God, I don't know, man. That's hmm. a that's a tough question. Um, it's a great question, but I don't know if I have the answer to it. I'm sorry. No, no, it's fine. Maybe we'll maybe we'll stew on it. We can, yeah, we can come back if uh, if the inspiration strikes. Sure. But uh, okay, so let's let's kind of pull back 
a little bit. Like what, um, as a director, mm-hmm. um, I'm going to kind of two part this question. So sure. like as a director, um, specifically in that lane, what are the kind of first big building blocks that you're looking for when you're putting something together? Like, um, um, you sit down and you're like, okay, this is what the project's going to be. You're, you know, alone in your office figuring out what are the, what are the big building blocks? Like what are the first things that you're going to, um, if, if we're talking like, we're talking like straight from the beginning creative process, of yeah, the entire thing. Yeah. uh, story, story is my first, is my first thing that I focus on. And while I'm not a writer by any stretch of the imagination, um, the story, I craft the story and I have a writing partner who I collaborate with on, on just about everything. Um, his name's Chance McDuffie, and we've been working together for, man, probably five, six years now. Um, but he's like my sounding board, and he's he's my collaborative partner on just about everything. So the story is the first thing that I focus on. Once we nail that down, I will I will go to way more in depth. Um, the next thing usually is is crafting like a uh, since we're still in the indie industry. Um, is budget. Budgetary mm-hmm. things always huge for us. And, you know, Chance and I always try to throw just about everything at the wall that we can. Mm-hmm. And, you know, we want to create this this grand story. And if we if we have to trim it down, we don't want to have to do that until we absolutely have to, right? Mm-hmm. So, and usually for us, that starts with budget because the things that we're working on are usually pretty big pieces. Mm-hmm. Um so yeah, from from there we'll we'll go into, you know, what's the world like? What's the story like? You know, what are the characters like? Um, we'll create all of that and try to make it feel as real and believable as possible. And then we'll get into the actual construction of the the crew, of the scripts, of just about everything, locations, all of that mm-hmm. stuff. So mm-hmm. a lot of pre production before we even just get going into the actual production of the film Mm -hmm. pre-production is the most important part yep to to echo what uh, jack miller said yeah uh, when i was talking to him uh uh, do every think about everything in (laughs) pre-production and you're still gonna miss a ton of stuff (laughs) yep just be prepared for whatever (laughs) whatever you thought of to um be totally changed (laughs) yeah because it, it will be um Okay, so then once once you've got like the um or when you're in that story phase, yeah. like um what are are you are you fleshing out like the world and the characters before you actually get into like the story yes, or okay. yeah. So what I will do personally, I will create the the story of the take take deliverance, for instance. I'll create what I did before I even wrote the script for that, which deliverance follows um a a father and in the short film follows a father and a daughter as the father tries to rebuild his life and and tries to make a a better life for himself and more importantly his daughter and he's kind of drowning in debt and unfortunately to get out of that debt his last resort is to take an unsavory job he kind of becomes like this hitman for hire this fixer who, who tries to fix all these problems for this group so and i create all of that stuff before i even write you know a single word on a page Mm -hmm. and i just i really flesh out i try to flesh out the characters as much as possible because i want to i want them to feel like real and believable Mm -hmm. um 
so yeah, before that hits the page, I'm thinking about, you know, all right, Bradley, main character of Deliverance. Even stuff that the audience is never going to see. What did he do before he started this life? Mm -hmm. Where does he live? Where's the story set? What's the most important things to him now that his spouse is gone? You know, I'm, I'm creating all of that stuff before and chance and i are just brainstorming for for weeks at on end sometimes just mm -hmm. to to create this world and, and make it feel as believable as possible so oh i've got i've got two questions on this um I'll, I'll start with like what does the um what does the like uh idea capture phase of or or portion of that brainstorming look like like are you writing stuff on like sticky notes and throwing a wall do you have like paper do you have like <laughs> word documents like what's that i think every you know it's different for every filmmaker some people are are you know very scatterbrained but it works for them um and that's me um okay. <laughs> so i'm so there will be times where i'm you know i have a notebook that i carry with me everywhere um and now i've tried tried to transition electronically but just about everything lives in a journal that I keep. Mm. So I'll, I'll create timelines and everything in my journal and I'll try to keep it all in one concise place. But yeah, in my office I'll have, you know, I'll, I'll have a cork board on the wall and, and little sticky notes and I'll have a dry erase board and <laughs> that thing will just, <laughs> I mean, it'll be dirty before the end of the day and just filled with ideas that mm. um, may never see the light of day. But yeah. I'm, I'm writing just about anywhere I can. I've, I've probably got five different apps on my phones just filled with ideas and um notebooks full of stuff and word docs on computers that i haven't looked at in years but yeah after all of that i'll finally bring it all to one concise place and i'll try to create a google drive folder and just keep everything in there so that i can go back and and you know hit it whenever i need to hmm. um yeah that's i i think note taking for me is something that over the years and I like, especially recently um, or in the last year or so um, I'm very obsessive over. Yeah. Um, I've kind of tried a whole bunch of different stuff. Most recently I'm in obsidian um, and it's, it's the, I need a way to capture an idea. The moment I have it is frictionless as possible. Yeah. Um, I think, um, I, I don't know if this story um, is relevant to the conversation, but it, it's kind of what comes to mind is um, I forget who was telling the story, who said it, but um, um, whoever this was, they were with Eminem, um, the rapper. And I mean, of course, I, I don't know why I prefaced that. Not Everybody, the candy. Yeah, but, it's not yeah, the candy. Not um, candy. But uh, um, and he was writing um, in like a journal or something mm. and they, they had asked him about it. It was like, oh, you're writing like lyrics. And he's like, no, I'm writing anything. He's like, I'm always writing so that um that it's as easy as possible to get it onto paper yep. as soon as i have the idea yep. um and so like i think there's something to being able to like have a uh for me i have a a like an inbox basically where if i have an idea i've got one document that's just like miscellaneous right. anything and everything and later um the hard part has been trying to build systems around taking those miscellaneous ideas and organizing them and then making them actionable. Sure. Um, I think that's the hard part. It's harder but... than it, it's harder than you think, mm -hmm. man. I mean, mm -hmm. it, it can definitely be yep. a slippery slope too. Yep. Um, but yeah, I think, I think it all begins with being able to capture it whenever, you know, 
whenever you can and wherever you can. Yeah. Um, cause it's not always, you know, um, like driving up here the other day, I had like a bunch of ideas about like interview questions or, or other things going on. And I was like, I need to, you know, voice dictate these and, and get to them later. Yeah. Um, and now I have a big wall of text in my miscellaneous notes yep. that I'm going to need to go decipher at yep. some point. But, uh, um, I'm with you there as well. I've got the same thing. I've, I have started to do voice memos because I, I do find myself driving a lot and, and having ideas when I'm on the road too. And obviously don't text and drive. Don't, don't write anything down and drive a little PSA there. <laughs> um, so yeah, I mean, I'll have, I'll have folders of, of voice notes too and hate listening to myself talk, but it's, but you gotta, you gotta yeah. write them down. Yep. Um, so then, okay. So you're in that, that crafting phase, right? You're, um, you and, uh, you and Chase, right? Chance. Yeah. Chance. Gotcha. Sorry. Um, shout out Chance. Um, uh, you're, you're in this like kind of world building phase. How do you know when it's done or when it's, when you've gotten enough? Cause I feel like there's an extent to which you could just go forever <laughs> yeah, it's never and done. it becomes unproductive. Like how do you, what's that balancing act? like? It's, it's never done for me. Unfortunately, I'll always go. You know, I'm I'm one of those people where like I'm always going to try to want to cram as much in. Um and usually that's where that's where chance comes in. He'll try to rein me back in and be like, mm. "All right, well, you know, I think this is really good and it's all, you know, probably fine." <laughs> right? He'll probably say it's better than it actually is. Um but we'll we'll usually know that, you know, I'll set out a, a, a literally a beginning, middle, and end, and I know where I've really started to try and do this now. I know where I, I want the story to start, and I know where I want the story to end, and I know exactly how I want it to end. So I'll I'll think of the ending probably before I think of almost anything else, mm-hmm. so that I don't just overwrite or overcreate or or whatever it may be. Um, but yeah, I mean. That's I think that's one of the good things about, you know, never wanting to stop putting stuff into your story is like you can create as much as you want. Um and maybe maybe it really fits for the story you're working on and maybe it doesn't. Mm-hmm. Sometimes you can adapt it to another story or mm-hmm. tailor it to something else and I've definitely done that too. Maybe there's a character that I really want to get in this story. But I just can't, right? Mm-hmm. It just for time, for for posterity's sake, whatever it may be, I just can't fit this character in. So I'll try to tailor in the, them to a different story that I'm working on, and mm-hmm. maybe they'll shift focus and they'll become the main character of of another piece that I'm working on. Um, and maybe that piece won't even see the light of day. You never know, mm-hmm. right? Um, <clears throat> but finding that finding that point where, like, yeah, I can stop and. And actually be like, okay, I'm done is challenging at times. It mm. is challenging. But over the years, you just, I think you just get there, honestly. Mm. I think you just realize like, you know, don't, don't over explain, don't put in too much or, or your audience will just not really care. Maybe important uh-huh. to you, but, but, uh, yeah, not to, not to everyone. Uh-huh. Uh-huh. Interesting. Okay. So then with, once you've got the story and like the you've got the world built you've mm-hmm. got the story you've got the characters um how you want them what does the um 
the process look like when you start bringing on like crew and other members and like that collaborative process of like, okay, you've got this idea, this yeah. story. How are you integrating all of these other people's ideas and components to it? Filmmaking for me is, is very, um, is very collaborative in nature, right? Mm -hmm. You know, I, I don't really feel like I'm the type of director that's like, all right, this is how it is. And it's never going to change. Mm -hmm. Like, it's very, you know, I want, I want, people who are involved to feel like they have a voice and that they matter in, in this project as well. So I will try to bring on as many people as I possibly can that are very, of course, everyone is integral to the, to the film itself. Right. But I'll try to bring on as many key heads as, as, as I can. Right. So whether that's, um, I'll bring my, my DP in as early as I possibly can or a composer or an editor or something like that. So that everyone is on the same path the entire way through um so yeah when it comes to like collaboration and everything like that um everyone is very open to to share their ideas and and to tell me how they interpret the story and everything like that and i'll always try to take that into consideration when crafting the story and honestly sometimes some of the greatest ideas come from other filmmakers mm -hmm. maybe it comes from you know, a composer that I've worked with who's who's given me an idea for a musical cue, and maybe that's changed the entire scene, you mm -hmm. know, for me in a script. Um, yeah, I'll try to bring them on as soon as possible. Remind me of the question again. Did I answer that okay? Yeah, yeah, okay. just collaboration yeah. And, and that kind of stuff. Um, do you, like, do you have any, like, specific working sessions for idea gathering in that capacity, or... Is it more like on the fly through conversation and I'd say it's I, I'd say most honestly most of uh, yeah, most of it is just really on the fly. You know, sometimes I'll just hop on the phone with with Chance or or uh, Patrick, a buddy of mine, and and we'll just talk about a project and like maybe Patrick will say something and I'll be like, Oh my gosh, that's that's great and like so I, I try not to be as super you know, you obviously need structure, right? You got to find that line, right, of structure mm -hmm. and and freedom to create and and just let the mind go at times. So, yeah, I'd say some of our best ideas come from when we're just when we're just talking, you know, when we're just having a conversation about the world and mm -hmm. and the characters as a whole, you know. All right. So all all yeah, I think I'll pull us out of the out of the kind of early brainstorming phases. So like once. Um, I guess once you've got everything locked in, you've got all these ideas and they're all, they're all organized and stuff like that. Like, um, what actually let's just, let's jump into post-production even, uh, yeah. like you've, you've got it all shot. Um, what, how are you approaching the edit? Hey, yeah, I'll just leave that. I, that's I'll leave that as the question. Yeah. I was going to say more, but I think I'll just leave cool. that open-ended. Yeah. Edit. Very important. Very important. I'm 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 usually involving my editor as early on in the process as I can. Um, excuse me. Um, how I how I approach post post production. Um, yeah, I'll involve my editor as early as I can on the process so that they can uh, understand exactly how the film is going to look and how it's going to be assembled and everything like that. Um, again, we'll we'll jump back to Deliverance is just a good just a good. Uh, jumping off point i edited that with chris um chris ott who was the editor of deliverance um we assemble everything together um i'm usually always in the editing room um 
as much or as little as the editor wants me there, I mm-hmm. should say. Um, and that's usually where post-production begins is on the editing room floor and just assembling everything in a, in a nice, concise timeline. From there, I will then, you know, if we have a, a soft picture lock, usually send everything to the composer at that point so that they can create the music for the world. Mm-hmm. Uh, and there it'll, then it'll go to color. And it'll get colored, it'll get graded, all of that. Um, and honestly, you know, I've, I shot a, a whole other scene for Deliverance, and um, it didn't even get used. I just realized, you know, it wasn't necessary. It, it was left off the editing room floor. And it was, we were still able to tell a, a, a pretty concise story without that scene and everything like that. So, yeah. Do you want me to dive, like, actually into, like, what our specific post-production process looks like? Um, I, I'd love to know, like, what's your, in the edit, like, in that assembly phase, right? Like, what are the, um, um, I'm going to ask kind of two potentially vague, odd questions. You can answer either of them and interpret them however you want. Sure. But, like, what's your your mentality like if that makes sense like when you sit down in the edit and how do you adapt to um because like you had mentioned earlier there's always something that's you've missed in pre-production or like you haven't yeah. thought about or x y and z um like how are you like adapting to things on the fly and like how does it uh change and shape throughout the the edit for you yeah um you so when we're done shooting, I am usually so eager to like see everything, mm-hmm. you know, finally assembled and get it on a timeline so I can look at it. Uh, so usually very, very eager to see that all that whole process start. Um, spoiler alert: at the end of the entire post production process, I am so exhausted <laughs> and so tired of watching this film back to back to back. Um, which I'm sure many other filmmakers can can attest to that. Um, so yeah, mentality is usually let's 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 get it let's get it up. Let's see how it looks, and then we'll go from there. Um, so real quick, real quick, what's the um, what's the like broadest first rough cut? Like, how are you getting there? What are your um? And maybe we're delving a little too into no. technical details yeah. of editing. Um, but like, yeah, how are you, how are you approaching getting into that first, uh, first rough cut? Cause my, like coming from, we were talking a little bit, um, before we started recording a, a, of a short dance piece I'm working on, um, that, uh, has evolved very much throughout the edit for kind of a number of reasons. And, um, I find, I found with that and like, I guess typically as well as getting a very broad strokes first cut even if most of it isn't how it's going to be in the end, mm-hmm. um, very much helps shape the direction and, and start to assemble the pieces, I yeah, guess. So. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. I mean, you, you first, first process is just getting, you know, all the footage, everything like that, all the audio to our, to our editor immediately. Mm-hmm. From there, we will, we'll assemble a timeline. We'll, and usually by, looking at the script we'll go over the script and we'll say hey here's what we shot here's exactly how the story's going to go we'll set it all up boom 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 um it usually i mean what it does for me honestly when we get to the when we get to the very first rough cut and and it is a rough cut it is very just audio video synced um you know that's that's it no color nothing like that um 
the first thing I usually think of is, holy shit, is this even good? Um, <laughs> what the fuck? What the fuck did I make? Um, <laughs> and that's where usually the mentality starts to decline a little bit there. Um, it's always a roller coaster. Yeah, There's it's always definitely like a... a roller coaster of emotions for sure. Um, yeah, we'll uh, we'll get it all simple. We'll get it all cut, and from there, we'll really realize, you know, like okay, what needs to change, what needs to go. Um, and yeah, like I said, a whole scene could be put in and and be completely cut out, you mm-hmm. know. And and f- for Deliverance, for instance, we uh, excuse me, we shot this entire scene at like God, it was like at three in the morning, and we had been working on like a eighteen hour day. Um, it was a really cool scene, but we realized we, we didn't need it. So at the end of the edit, we were like, yeah, this just doesn't fit, doesn't flow. Let's mm-hmm. cut it out. Um, let's just take it all out and, and be done with it. Um, but yeah. Is there the any, yeah, yeah. Is there okay. any sort of like North Star that you're you're aiming towards throughout that process? Or is it more of a like just assembly and as you put things in the right place, you can kind of figure out that they're in the right place yeah yeah i mean i mean yeah i mean we usually create a story to have like a a very beginning middle and end right Mm -hmm. so i I usually know where everything's gonna go and how it's all gonna fit together and everything Mm -hmm. before it's even assembled yeah um so yeah usually i have a very clear a very clear mindset a very clear path of of how it's all gonna look but but i mean yeah there will be times where we'll completely switch something up that I didn't even know, you know, our, our editor will say something. And I'll be like, yeah, it makes total sense. It fits within the story. It fits within mm-hmm. what we're trying to tell. So yeah, but usually I'm pretty, I'm pretty just straight and narrow. And yeah. Just, yeah. Know. You've got it all like yeah. ironed out in pre-production. Yeah. You know exactly the target and everything's up here in my head, mm-hmm. but getting it, <laughs> yeah, getting it out sometimes could be a bit of a, bit of a challenge yeah what's the um that's actually it's funny that you said it like that that's a question that i had written down um is uh what is it like getting something from your mind's eye onto the screen right like what are some of those unique um kind of challenges or or sticking points because that's something that uh um i talked to a buddy of mine who was a uh um more traditional artists like specifically drawing yeah um and and we talked about that process of like you have something in your mind's eye and then as you draw it you have to kind of translate it to the paper but in filmmaking it's a little bit less direct than that yeah i i'm not i'm not a storyboardist or anything like that i usually don't i usually don't draw or anything like that i'll i'll sometimes sometimes words for me are really 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 tough man um and just being able and that's something that i'm absolutely working on as a as a filmmaker is just trying to cohesively get that across to to whoever i need to get it across to um but a lot of times i'm using i'm using reference pieces from from other projects um some like shot deck um is very very helpful um since i am not a i'm not a storyboardist but i will use as much visual pieces as I possibly can and if I can't I will try I will try to get it on paper <laughs> with words that that make sense mm-hmm. <laughs> and it conveys it 
conveys it effectively. Mm-hmm. Is uh, is there any part of that process when you're trying to to get it on paper that, um, I guess how does getting it on paper evolve the idea for you? If that makes sense, I've kind of found that like I don't, I don't, I have probably storyboarded less stuff than I should have throughout all of the stuff that I've shot. Um, and my storyboards tend to be scrawlings and shapes with some words mm-hmm. that are often more for me than anybody else, sure. you know? Um, but yeah, I guess, I guess the question was like, what, um, like as you're, as you're getting things on paper, like how does it, how is it evolving or what are your, um, is anything changing or is it just kind of sometimes? Yeah. Sometimes it changes. Absolutely. Yeah. I mean, I'm, I'm, you know, I'm married to an idea, but not like, God, this sounds bad. <laughs> I'm married to an idea, but I'm not in love with it uh-huh. all the time. Uh, I don't really, <laughs> I don't really love the way that sounds, but, but yeah, I mean, so I'm always open to, to stuff changing. Absolutely. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, for the most part, I, I usually have a pretty clear idea of, of what I want, but, um, Stuff can absolutely change 100%. I want to go back to that. You're married to an idea, but you're not in love with it. Um, I, I kind of follow, but I, I not totally. Like, Explain that in a different way. Um, just to... Sure, yeah. So, like... Uh, that felt like a rude question. No, I didn't no, no, mean, no, no, I didn't no, mean no, that no, to be. No, no, no. Not yeah, at yeah. all. That's just the uh, words I thought of. Not to, at yeah, yeah. all. You're good. So... Maybe maybe it should be the other way. I'm in love with it, but I'm not married to it, right? Um, mm. Whatever it may be. So, like, maybe I'm I'm in love with this character, right? Mm-hmm. This this character, and I I love the way that they're done. And and maybe you know, a guy goes to a coffee shop, he gets his coffee, and he leaves, right? But maybe you know, there's an inciting incident that happens along the way, and someone may suggest that. Coffee might taste like garlic. Might taste like garlic. Callback. Um, <laughs> and and that's where I'm like, okay, as long as it fits and and adds to the story and it's not taking away from anything, um, absolutely, let's throw it in there. And that's why I say, you know, filmmaking is so collaborative because mm-hmm. like I'm I'm always open to suggestions. There, of course, will be a point where I will have you know usually a hard like that doesn't really doesn't really fit doesn't really work. Um, I don't think we're going to go that route kind of mm-hmm. thing. Um, so, yeah, hopefully that makes sense. Mm-hmm. No, no, no. That's that's perfect. Um, do you have any like when you're getting uh, ideas kind of thrown your way? Do you have any any way of of uh, like tabling an idea that you're not sure if it's right in the moment? Really? No. Have you had that? like happen in the past where maybe you have an idea or you hear an idea that at first you're like, oh, I don't think so. But then it ends up working out maybe, or if, and if you do, like what was the, the kind of story behind that? Yeah. Um, try to think. So we made this, <laughs> I can go back to, um, this project we were on called snap and crack. Um, we were trying so desperately. It was a, it was a project for a, a company that wanted to make um, a narrative commercial that involves their company, right? So um, follows this locksmith that, um, you know, according to the company, has to have a very 
specific storyline. So it has to has to show the locksmith actually performing his duty that the company actually does. Um, and and we had to get like three three beats and and we had to to actually craft a story around it. So the story goes: the locksmith. How long was this piece going to be, by the way? Uh, this is this was five five minutes, six okay. minutes, yeah. Okay. Um, so it, all in a, you know a relatively short time yeah. frame to tell like this this narrative story. Yeah. Um, so. We we came up with this broad or this um, pretty bare bones kind of story that this locksmith follows. Um, throwing an idea out there <laughs> was kind of crazy. I can't remember off the top of my head who suggested it, but the locksmith essentially goes to this pole dancing studio, and he's there to just change a lock, and that's it. An idea that was thrown out was, um, what if the locksmith dances on a pole? <laughs> and I'm like, yeah, maybe not, <laughs> but, but when we reworked it, it actually worked kind of nicely. And that's one of those instances where like, I did I did shelf something, right? Mm-hmm. I did shelf an idea, but we circled back to it and mm-hmm. we were able to work it into the story pretty pretty effectively. So now it's not just a lot now it's something a little bit more exciting for the audience to watch cuz how how do you how do you make an audience or a viewer want to watch a locksmith change a lock uh-huh. without an interesting story? So now the story then becomes becomes uh the the pole dancing studio, they're locked out of their studio and they've really got to teach this class. And it's going to take a little while for the locksmith to, um, to change this lock. So he ends up catching a little bit of the class and he goes in and like, wow, that was, that was incredible. You know, that was a really fun class. And like, Oh, well you, you want me to teach you a couple things? So we worked it in. There's this funny little montage that happens <laughs> where the locksmith starts to dance up on a pole and perform a routine. And it's got some, some really fun music behind it and everything like that. But, you know, we were we were able to change it and work it into, like, a comedy at that point. That's which awesome. Which was really fun and really engaging, and, and we got some really good feedback on it. But, um, so, yeah, and that's that's one of those those things where I'm in love with the idea and not married to it. Mm-hmm. Married to it, not in love with it, whatever we want to say. Mm-hmm. Um, but, yeah, I'm always open to change, and I think that's, excuse me, that's one of the ways that you can make your story just, stand out and be mm-hmm. totally different and mm-hmm. can be a, a totally different thing than, than you had thought mm-hmm. from the get. Hmm. Um, no, that's, that's interesting. Um, so then let's, let's kind of jump into, um, post stuff. Okay. We're at like 45 minutes. No, no, no you're um, fine. I, I oh, was yeah. getting a text. Um, um, okay. So yeah, like once, once you've released stuff, um, do you, are you doing any sort of like postmortems? Are you, how are you like assessing ideas after the fact? Like after it's already been created, like what's that? Yeah. Usually when we have picture lock on, on our piece and everything's said and done and it's released, we even, we'll even go to that extent. It's released. Mm. It's done. It's out there. Um, for instance, top vegan, I must've had, you know, about a dozen meetings with some people just like, all right, what can we, what can we do differently? You know, we can't change it now. Mm-hmm. It's it's too late. Um, but like hindsight is twenty twenty, right? 
So, yeah, there's definitely points where, like, all right, well, you know, if we're going to do it again, let's do it this way. Let's let's mm. do it totally different, and, and let's implement new ideas and and new strategies that that might help us work effectively and 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 change up the way we do it. So, like for instance, you know, Top Vegan um, reality cooking competition show never worked on anything like that before. That was absolutely different. So, um, had you know probably a full day meeting with with our editor just about like how we can streamline that entire process for next time. Mm -hmm. And, and he gives me notes and we, I mean, pages of notes and like how we can make it better and make it easier for him. So there's absolutely ways that, that, um, that we can do that for the future. Is that something that you're, um, having is it like a structured debrief that you're like is that something you're intentionally doing on everything yes. or is this like just yeah, a, that's okay. very structured yeah okay. that's very intentional because i'm always I, I i'm like i said i'm that i'm that type of person where like i'm never going to think anything i do is perfect mm -hmm. i'm always going to strive to be to be better and do better um so that's very structured mm -hmm. i always try to debrief with as many people as i possibly can mm -hmm. um and that's a more structured conversation because i feel like that's when we're going to get some pretty good results. Yeah. Um, whether that's phone calls, in-person meetings, what have you, um, very important to the process, to my process mm -hmm. at least. Um, I try to work that in every project I do. Do you have like a list or any like go-to questions that you'll ask every time? The biggest thing is is not me asking questions. I don't want to ask the questions. Mm -hmm. I want them to ask me questions and them to give me feedback on how I did as a director for them and how I did as a producer or creator for them. From there, that's when I'll, I'll discover some, some questions and some talking points for them. And, and that's when usually we'll come up with some of our best ideas. Mm -hmm. Do you have any, like, are there any specific examples that come to mind that you might be able to, to like tell the story of? Um, yeah, sure. Yeah. Um, I'll go back to our editor, I guess, for, for Top Vegan. Um, we didn't have a composer for this piece, right? So that was obviously one of the biggest biggest pieces. We were using um, licensed music throughout the entire thing. Um, that was one of those things where like, we were like, yeah, um, we definitely need a composer for the next season because that was just a pain in the ass for him to... Mm -hmm. To try to find pieces that that fit with our fit with the the whole style of the show, and same mm. for me, I was trying to find as many things as I possibly could for him. Um, yeah, that's the one thing, like yeah. scoring and stuff. Yeah. Is I am Pain. very glad that I found myself in the music video lane for a lot of things that I'm like uh, um, editing or or producing in any capacity because it's having to worry about audio is one of those things that I just don't know if I want to do. It's sure. so much easier to have a, a song that I can just it can right. guide the whole yeah. thing, you know, um, on the, on the things that I have done. Um, we've done some, uh, I did a couple of like, I guess like mini doc style journalism type pieces. Um, and, uh, that was always the hardest part was what music are we going to put to this, yeah. you know, and it can't, you can't find a piece of music and then go interview somebody and shoot it and try and tailor that mm -mm. 
happening on the day to the music. Yeah. Like you have, have to, to find, find something it afterwards. afterwards. Yeah. yeah. Which that's like one of those things where like, yeah, like I was saying, we're for season two, when, when those notes came up, we're like, yep, season two, we got to have a dedicated composer. Yep. We have to, cause like, we can't just be, sometimes we might just not find the right music and, yep. and it might not exist. It might not exist. Yep. And it might exist up in your head or mm-hmm. to a composer or something, but finding that i think finding that perfect piece of music is very rare not mm-hmm. that it can't happen but it's very it's very challenging um <laughs> especially if maybe you want to use a song from Kendrick Lamar or something and <laughs> you can't do that without yeah. paying a ton of money that's where it goes back to uh budget considerations <laughs> budget yep. god budget yep I, I've always said, if I just had a million dollars, all my problems would be solved. But that's not true. <laughs> you know? And a huge chunk of them would be. But... Yeah. Yep. Um, interesting. Okay. Yeah. I kind of like that idea of the, the um, I, I used to do them when I was running Heat Seeker. We used to try and do like Project Postmortem, where me and uh, me and my co-founder Holden would sit down and, uh, and just kind of run through. We had a, a basic set. Um, we had like three really broad questions of like, what went well? What didn't well? What didn't go well? What could we do differently? Yeah. Um. And would try and like just come up with as many notes on a phone call. I guess those are. Yeah. I mean, I guess I I ask those questions, of course, but mm-hmm. like I yeah, I really don't have like a a very yeah. I'm I'm I'd say I'm very weird. I'm very structured in some ways, but then sometimes I'm just I'm just not. You mm-hmm. know, like I'm very structured on on shoot days. Right. Shoot days have got to be like. Yeah. Your first AD, you know, your second AD, those are going to be like a director's best friends on set. Um, and and sometimes they, you might not be their best friend because you're <laughs> fucking up their entire schedule. Um, but those are days like where I'm very structured, but like post-production, yeah, I'm usually a little bit, a little bit more lax if I, if I can be, because everyone I feel like is coming down from the project and, and mm-hmm. everyone's very happy from it, but everyone's also very tired. And I think the last thing that anyone wants to do is get into another meeting and talk about the project again, that they just devoted a hundred hours of their life to over, you know, four days. Yeah, right. Yeah. Um, are you, are you trying to do that all at once at the end or are you doing it, you know, like after the shoot day or like after the shoot itself is done, are you sitting down and like, you know, edit's still going on. But yeah, maybe you're talking it's, to... it's usually, so, I mean, it, it depends. It depends on who it's with. Um, but most of the time it's after everything's said and done. I mean, obviously there's going to be those conversations like, all right, well now that we have everything edited and we have picture lock, like, mm-hmm what can I do better with the editor as I'm working with the composer on a, on a piece mm. as well? Um, because maybe the editor will say something that I'll really like that I can bring up to the composer. And maybe, maybe there's something we can, we can do there. Maybe mm-hmm. not. Mm-hmm. Um, but most of the time, like those actual postmortems, like the actual breakdowns of like what we can change, the whole rundown of the entire project is done after everything is said and done after, you know, we've, we've had a chance to to step away from the project, put our eyes on something new or, um, or at the premiere of something too. Yeah, actually that's a question I want to ask. Um, um, how does watching it at a premiere on like the big screen, right? Like how does that change your perception of the work? Does it, 
does it or like what's that like yes it does it it really does and sometimes it's honestly sometimes it's positive sometimes it's negative it really it really just depends like i i think one of the greatest joys you can get as a filmmaker is is sitting down with an audience that had nothing to do with the creation of this piece and then just watching their reaction to it um that's that's an incredible feeling i mean yeah yeah i mean filmmaking is like you know movies tv shows it's like an escape for some people right Mm -hmm. so like getting to be a person that can like i guess solve their issues even for 30 minutes Mm -hmm. you know make them forget about it that's something pretty cool um so like it 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 can definitely like make me feel really happy, but then at the same time like it's a double edged sword. People mm-hmm. can hate what you make too, yep. and it can make me rethink my entire life. <laughs> like, <laughs> oh my god, should I do this? Is did I just waste eight years of my entire <laughs> life working on something that <laughs> people don't even like? You know, yeah. Because you're making at, at the end of the day, you're making it for yourself, but mm-hmm. you're making it in the hopes that others will like it, that yep. everyone else is going to enjoy it, and and like the art that you've made. And mm-hmm. while art is subjective, everyone's got an opinion. <laughs> yeah. Well, and sometimes it's not. Sure. There, yeah. Sometimes there is art that is objectively yes. something. Intentionally, yeah. <laughs> you know. Um okay, and so I've got this might give us a a kind of graceful uh graceful landing point here at the end of the end of the podcast, but with those like postmortems, um looking back and I'll I'll ramble for a minute to kind of give give you a moment to think through um, all of these projects that you've done and throughout all of the postmortems, are there any sort of um, overarching principles or um, key things that apply very broadly to the art of filmmaking that you have found either as recurring themes or um, things that you'll you've seen that then apply to everything else you've done. Like, is there anything, um, any sort of like overarching principles that you've kind of pulled out of those that you've kept as like a, um, you know, a, a go-to or, or something that's typically top of mind, or maybe it's part of the, the routine it's part of the process now. Yeah. Let me think. Um, God, I really want to be a good <laughs> guest for you. I really do. I put you uh, on the spot. I'm giving you the big question. Uh, that is that is a big question. Um, and if there isn't, a, if there's nothing that comes to mind, that's that's fine. Yeah, but. I, I, God, I want there to be something that comes to mind, but I can't really say that there is. Um, you know, I just, I guess, like. I just try to be better as a filmmaker, you know, in just whatever facet that I can. And maybe there isn't one specific thing that I can apply towards every other project or or anything like that, but um just being better whether that's for myself or for others, I guess. I don't even know if that's a good answer or an answer that you're looking for. No, I don't think there's I don't think there's a bad answer or a, a wrong answer or anything specific Just I'm looking for. Trying yeah. to improve, I guess. Mm-hmm. Um and yeah, maybe it doesn't directly relate to the the story of the film, right? Cuz I think 
God, I think the story of a film or the film itself is just one small, tiny aspect mm-hmm. of of the entire project, right? Like, you've got to be a, a good director, not only for, like, the film, but for, like, your crew, your cast, everything mm-hmm. like that. So just, like, whether that means I'm getting better as a director on screen or as I'm getting better as a director, you know, for talent or for crew or whatever that may be i guess that's the one thing i try to do Mm -hmm. kind of being striving for that improvement in all aspects of it not just the final picture maybe it's just one little win here and there it's Mm -hmm. it it doesn't necessarily have to be a big win you know every single every single time but Mm -hmm. you know maybe you're getting schedules to people earlier or on on time (laughs) even would be nice on time god on time on time the the phrase in in uh at least i guess my indie experience is is a hard uh hard one to come by yeah it's impossible too many yeah. moving, too yeah. many moving parts no, especially when a lot of times you're a one-man band yeah so, yep. actually, we've been there yep um yeah that that might be my principle maybe it's it's my top of mind principle lately is double your estimates yeah <laughs> on what on how long you think it'll take there was um god there's a, a phrase that an old boss of mine used to say. He would say, I'm going to under-promise and over-deliver. Mm-hmm. So um, something I definitely tried to tried to live by. Yeah. All right, this is going to take four weeks. I'll get it to you in four weeks, and if I get it to you in one, then yep. boom. You know? Yep. Awesome. Um, yeah, I mean, I think that, that gives us kind of a good landing point. Good. Uh, um, we've We've done the... The gymnastics routine we've stuck the landing we uh we hit the big the big broad question at the end i guess um i hope you it, end up using any of this <laughs> i don't know if you will honestly i'm no, a very bad interviewee no this was awesome this um, was great so i i'm a little rusty with my interview skills i don't uh, think anyone's ever like sat me down on a podcast and like ever interviewed me yeah it's an interesting uh interesting exercise to, yeah. to do um I've I discovered more like, about myself too. There you go. Talk, yeah. So, um, but yeah, any uh, any plugs, any uh, anything you want to point people to, anything you want people to look at, and then I will also um, any uh, like any of the films, like you know, Deliverance, Top Vegan, all the stuff we've mentioned. I'll be sure to like have links in the and yeah. uh, like the show notes and on on the website and stuff like that. But anything, uh, um, any sort of plugs, the the old shameless commercial <laughs> plug at the end. Um, feel free to look up yeah Top Vegan on YouTube. Um, it's a, it's a fun six episode project that we did. Um, God, when was that? That last year now? Yeah. I think so. I think yeah. So, yeah. Wow. That's time, how time has flown. Yep. Um, you can look up clubhouse films, um, on YouTube. We're not the Vietnam guys. We're the, we're the U S based guys. There's two clubhouse films. Um, but yeah, there you can see deliverance. You can see any projects that we've done. Um, and just, Tell me how good it is. Tell me how bad it is. Tell me what you like. Tell me what you didn't like. Um, yeah. That's it. Be happy. <laughs> <laughs> awesome. Beautiful. Sick. Yeah, I think that's it. 